Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what it does to our lives. We thank you for the fruit that it produces. God, I pray that as we read your word, as we study your word this morning, God, that you would make it come alive to us today. Um, that you would allow us to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. And uh, teach us, uh, correct us, encourage us, motivate us. God, equip us for every good work, which is what your word is uh, the purpose, what the word has for us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, give it a little stretch. And here we go. And I have it shared on the screen so you guys can follow along if you'd like to. Okay, it says Leviticus chapter 19. I'm reading in the NIV version. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must respect your mother and father and must obey or observe my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it or on the next day. Anything left over until the third day must be burned up. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it is impure and will not be accepted. Verse 8. Whoever eats it will be held responsible because they have desecrated what is holy to the Lord. They must be cut off from their people. When you reap the harvest of your land, you do not, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and, for, and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by my name. And so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord your God. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. But fear your God. I am the Lord. Verse 15, do not pervert justice, do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Verse 17, do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly, so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but 
but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. 19. Keep my decrees. Do not make different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. If a man sleeps with a female slave who is promised to another man, but who has not been ransomed or given her freedom, there must be due punishment. Yet they are not to be put to death, because she had not been freed. The man, however, must bring a ram to the entrance of the tent of meeting for a guilt offering to the Lord. With the ram of the guilt offering, the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord for the sin he has committed, and his sins will be forgiven. When you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years you are to consider it forbidden. It must not be eaten. In the fourth year, all of its fruit will be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. In this way, your harvest will be increased. I am the Lord your God. Verse 26. Do not eat any meat with blood still in it. Do not practice divination or seek omens. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put a tattoo marks on your body on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not degrade your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will turn to prostitution and be filled with wickedness. Observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or seek out spirit spiritists. For you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Use honest scales and honest weights and honest epa and and an honest hin. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Keep all my decrees and all my laws and follow them. I am the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, as usual. Go ahead and put in the chat what stuck out to you. We're going to look at the very beginning, Leviticus. All right, we're going to start off. What I, I really actually love this chapter above all the other uh, chapters in Leviticus because this one's less about the law and the process of sacrificing and offering and all that stuff. But if there's anything that you need to remember from this entire passage is go back and underline every single time he says, I am the Lord your God, or I am the Lord. Almost every other verse he's saying, I am the Lord your God, right? Verse one, he says, be, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. 
verse 2, verse 3, I am the Lord your God. Verse 4, I am the Lord your God. Verse 5, he continues and goes through all this process and then ends it with, um, in verse 10, by saying, I the Lord, I am the Lord your God. So let's start with verse 1. Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Why does God set the standards so high? Why does God give us a bunch of do's and a bunch of don'ts? Why is obeying him so important? Because at the end of the day, what we have to understand is that the desire of God's heart for our lives, the will and the purpose that God has for our lives, the reason why we exist, the reason why we he establishes these laws and commands is because more than anything, God wants us to be holy. More than anything, God wants us to be holy. More than being happy, more than being blessed, more than walking in our own desires, more than giving us what we want, more than any of that. More than God wanting you to be happy, He desires for you to be holy. Why? Because it is His desire for you to be like Him. He made you and created you and formed you in His image to be, to live, to walk, to uh, uh, to love in His image, to be like Him. That's why He says, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Right? Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Listen, this is not about the rules you have to follow or the rules you don't have to follow. It's really about living differently than the world that is around us because God is different from the world that is around us. It's about living in a way that is different from the culture. It's about living in a way that's different from the people that surround us. It's about living in a way that represents a kingdom that is not of this world. It is about living differently because God is different. The word holy means to be set apart or to be different or to be other, right? And what he commands us to do, and he starts it off, this whole passage, by saying, this is what you say to them. Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Why should we be holy? Because the Lord is holy. Why should we be set apart? Because the Lord is set apart. Why should we live differently from the world? Because the world, the Lord lives differently from the world. His standards are different. His love is different. His, his devotion is different. What he does is so different from this world. And he commands us to be as he is different from the world. But it isn't just about being different. And it's not just about um, following a bunch of rules. What it's really about is about living a life of obedience, a life of obedience. Because more than anything, what demonstrates our love, what demonstrates our trust, what demonstrates our faith is our willingness to obey, right? 
In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? He says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. Obedience is the key to a loving and holy life in God. Obedience is the key to a loving and holy life in God. But what I love about God is not that He just commands us to be holy, and it's not that He just commands us to obey Him and to love Him, but He literally maps it out for us what that looks like. So he starts off in verse 2 by saying, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. But in verse 3, he begins to just lay out what that looks like. And he says that what it looks like to be holy is to honor our parents. In verse 3, right? What it looks like to be holy is to, to forsake idols, right? To honor the Sabbath, which is to observe a day of rest where we just rest and give him thanks for the life that he has, he has given us. It's a day where we forsake all the work, we unplug, and we just set our focus on him, right? We do this every Friday as staff. Fridays are our Sabbath, where we just unplug from everything. And Pastor Brendan is always, you know, sometimes he'll text me and he'll say, hey, I want you off of base camp. I want you off of email. I want you in your word. I want you praying and I want you seeking God's face. And I want you to just rest, right? That's what observing the Sabbath means. It's about not turning to idols, but watch this. Also not creating idols for ourselves, right? It's one thing to turn to idols. That the, the finances, you know, some of us make our finances idols. Some of us make our children idols. Some of us make work an idol. Some of us make material things an idol. We turn to these things looking for our satisfaction, looking for them to, to, to make us happy, looking for them to provide for us, looking for them to them. But we also, if we are honest with ourselves, can be guilty of making our own gods, maybe not of metal, maybe not of precious things, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, creating a God that suits your needs, that suits your desires, that makes it easy for you to live the lifestyle that you live, that makes it easy for you to live in a way that's contradictory to the Word of God. Some of us may not make golden calves. But we make ideologies idols, we make thoughts idols, we make our own suggestions idols, we create God, a God in our own image who lives for us, lives to please us, lives to be gracious to us, that we don't have to obey the God of the Bible because we have created a God, an image that is worth our worship, that is made up in our own minds, that maybe. We say, yeah, but but God will look over that because my God is forgiving and he's gracious. I don't know. God's also a God of judgment and a God of holiness. And the reason why he tells us to live holy first and foremost is because he's holy. Secondly, because he's God and he can't. 
right? That's why he says, be, be holy because I am, I, the Lord your God, am holy. And he says over and over and over again, I am the Lord your God, or I am the Lord. At the end of the day, who are we to question God? Walking in obedience, walking in holiness is something we do, not just because God asks us to do it, but because he is the Lord and he has every right to, right? He continues to paint that picture out, okay? What does it look like to walk in holiness? Well, it's honoring your parents. It's observing the Sabbath. It's not making or taking idols. It's making sacrifices and bringing worship, peace offerings, fellowship offerings to him right gratitude for the work that he's done in our lives that fellowship offering or that peace offering was an offering that they would bring when they would realize how good god has been in their lives and it was almost a gratitude offering of saying thank you for the peace that you've brought into our lives right he continues to paint the picture verse 9 when you reap a harvest the harvest of your land do not reap through to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. What does it look like to be holy? To live generous lives where you're not hoarding everything for yourself. You're not harvesting everything for yourself, but you're taking care of the poor. You're taking care of the foreigner. You're taking care of those in need. You're not stealing, verse 11. You're not living in lie or deceit, right? You're not swearing falsely by God's name or taking his name in vain. Now, here's the thing about taking the Lord's name in vain. It's less about, you know, saying the wrong words, if you know what I mean, the GD, right? It's less about um, saying, oh my God, or Jesus, right? It's more about taking on the name of Christ, taking on the name of Christian, a follower, of child, of disciple, right? And living in a way that does not suit or honor the name. If my son went out and did his thing, partied it up, got arrested, committed all kinds of crimes, and horrible things, right? He's taking the Lopez name in vain and dishonoring that name. And that is exactly what we talk about when we talk about not profaning the name of God and not swearing falsely by the name of God. It's less about what you say and more about the life that you live that is honoring and glorifying the Father that is pleasing and acceptable unto him that is setting the tone for the world of what it looks like to live as a disciple follower child and christian all right we're not people who deceive verse 11 we're not people who swear falsely by his name or dishonor his name we're not people who defraud others right we don't hold back wages of hired workers overnight which meant hey a worker is worthy of his wages. Give them what they deserve and pay them what they deserve and they'll hold back their pay. We do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but we do 
fear the Lord and everything we do. The, God, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The truth is that what God is getting at is that if you cannot live to obey him and walk in holiness, it's because you don't fear him, you don't honor him, you don't revere him, and quite frankly, you don't love him. Right? He says, do not pervert justice, do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord your God. Again, this everything he's asking us to do, the way that we should live, we should do so simply because he is the Lord. He is seated on the throne and he is both the inspiration and the motivation for our lives. All right? He talks about uh, not seeking revenge, bearing grudge. Come on, how many of us have been guilty of that? <laughs> Right, but love your neighbor as yourself, for I am the Lord your God. Verse 19 Keep my decrees, do not make different kinds of animals, do not plant your field with two kinds of seed, do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of materials. That was about preserving the purity within his people, preserving the purity within his people. And man, I just wish that we would bring that back into the church. And here's what I mean by that. Not about what we wear or what we plant or the clothes, you know, or animals, but just preserving the purity within God's people to say there's a standard that I would live by. There's a standard that I will live by, that I will not mingle with the world. I think the problem that we have, and this is, I think, the really the reality of what God is trying to establish with his people is that. He wants his people to be set apart and stand out from the world. And the reality is that if, we, if we're really honest with ourselves, I think not just the Israelites, but we as Christians nowadays, it's hard to tell the difference between God's people and those who aren't. It's hard to tell the difference between God's people and those who aren't. And you know what's the distinguishing factor? between the people of God and the people of the world, it's how they live. It's how they live. Verse 20, if a man sleeps with a female slave who is promised to another man, but who has not been ransomed or given her freedom, there must be due punishment, yet they are not to be put to death because he, she had not been freed. The man, however, must bring a ram to the entrance to the talent of meeting for a guilt offering to the Lord, with the ram of the guilt offering, the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord, for the sin he has committed, and his sin will be forgiven. Right? Uh, when you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. Let's skip down to verse 26. Do not eat any meat. With blood still in it, do not practice divination or seek omens. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. Do not cut your bodies or dead or for the dead 
or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. So a few things, okay? Because this is something cool to talk about. Um, obviously, do not practice divination or do not eat meat, any meat with the blood still in it. These are all questions that people genuinely have. Is it a sin to eat raw meat? Right? Or a sin, to, let's see, let's say some who there's some people here who like their steak rare or medium rare, right? Uh, is it a sin? No. When we read these things, we also have to look at the cultural context of what's going on. First of all, God is peeping, speaking to the people of Israel who were living in a culture of people who would eat meat with blood in it as a form of worship unto other gods, right? Uh, who would practice divination and seek omens. These are all things that pe the people of that time, the culture of that time in that world would do as a form of worship unto those things, right? So when it comes to not cutting the side of your hairs, obviously you have a worship pastor who gets the side of his hairs cut, right? But I'm not doing it as a form of worship unto other idols or other gods. So you have to look at these things. Because one of the things here, verse twenty-eight, do not cut your, do not cut your bodies for the dead. That's the key right there. Do not cut your bodies for the dead, or put tattoo marks on yourselves. So are tattoos wrong or sin? No, but cutting your body for the dead and putting tattoo marks on your bodies for the dead or uh, the worship of other gods is wrong and is a sin right verse 29 do not degrade your daughter by making her a prostitute i think that would be a given or the land is, is sad but or the land will turn to prostitution and be filled with wickedness 30 observe my sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary i am the lord your god do not turn to mediums or seek spirits all right Spiritus, for you will be defiled. I am the Lord your God. Stand up in the presence of the age. And this one really stuck out to me. Stand up in the presence of the age. Show respect for the elderly. And revere your God. I am the Lord your God. I think it's interesting that God places respect and honor for those who are elderly and aged in the same place as revering your god man i don't know about you but if there's one thing we have lost in this generation it is a culture of honor and respect for those who have gone before us a culture of honor and respect for those who have gone before us who are wiser than us um who have more experience man we need to love and respect our elderly Right, but let's skip down to 35. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Use honest scales and honest weights, an honest epa and an honest hin. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Keep all my decrees and all my laws and follow them. I am the Lord your God. I want to go back here. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. 
So two things. God can ask us to live holy lives and walk obedient lives in Him. First and foremost, because of who He is. And secondly, because of what He's done. First and foremost, because of who He is. He is the Lord, our God. But He's also the God who brought us out. And our obedience, our trust, is a response of gratitude and appreciation and worth of who He is and what He's done. I would challenge you in this week, if you're struggling on why to forgive people, think about who the Lord is and what He's done in your life. I would challenge you when you're struggling to honor that boss that's getting on your nerves, to think about who he is and also what he's done in your life. I would challenge you to think about it when you're struggling to to love on somebody who you deem unlovable. Think about who the Lord is and what he's done in your life. And when you think about those two things, the response that comes out of that is because he is the Lord God. He is supreme, he's seated on the throne, and he is holy above anything else. And because I fear him, but also because of what he's done in my life, he has set me free, he has delivered me, he has blessed me, he has provided for me, he has brought me out. Therefore, I will live a life that is pleasing unto him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have accepted us. Thank you that you have brought us out of our Egypt. We all have had an Egypt. We all have a past. We all have been in some kind of bondage. But most importantly, we all have been in the bondage of sin. Your word says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you gave up your life, sacrificed your son to set us free from that bondage. God, let our response not only be a response of worship, but also let our response be a response of obedience and appreciation. God, let us live holy because of who you are and of what you have done. But most importantly, Let us live holy because it's what you call us to do, because holy is who you are. And you call us to be like you, to walk, talk, love, and live in your image. So, Father, help us to do so over this weekend. Help us to love people the way you love people, to serve people the way you would serve people, to, to, uh, to love you above all things, God and to live for you in a way that brings glory, honor, and praise to your name. I ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hey, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will see you guys on Sunday. Uh, Have a good time and get some rest. Enjoy the Sabbath and observe and honor the Sabbath. God bless you guys. We'll see you.